Welcome to the Eater Upsell, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is Amanda Clute, the editor-in-chief of Eater. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Daniel Janine. Hi, Dan. Hey, Amanda. Let's let's get into it. We're talking baseball. We are talking baseball today. It is late April, which means baseball, the baseball season is well underway, as you all probably know. It is the best sport to watch while eating food. It is no longer peanuts and Cracker Jacks. No. Although you can still get those things. You, you can, yeah. yeah. To start off the show... We brought in our director of editorial strategy, Sonia Chopra, to talk about baseball dining. Baseball dining, the best thing about baseball and about dining. She is our foremost expert on baseball dining. She writes about it every single year. She leads our efforts to cover our baseball stadium dining guides across America. And she has a piece up on Eater right now talking about what is new in baseball dining. So, Sonia... Without further ado, what's new? Um, what's new is that local is back. We have seen this local, in- local. We are all about local this year. It is 2018, and all the baseball stadiums care about bringing in local beer options, local food, local restaurants. Um, many of them have gardens on the top of their stadiums, like in Fenway Park in Boston. Oh, even like local, like let's Greens. grow stuff yeah. here. Let's put micro basil on top of our nachos. Oh my god, are yes. they like keeping bees? I don't know if anybody's keeping bees. Maybe in the future. 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, local is really in this year. For a long time, we were seeing like mounds of nachos and baseball hats and weird milkshakes and things like that. And this year, people are really reining it in and focusing on things that people actually want to eat. What's an example? I think that I think one thing that's really interesting is in Atlanta, where I'm from, in the Brave Stadium, where I grew up going to games since for as long as I can remember, there's a Waffle House in the stadium now. Mm. And that came a few years ago. But Waffle House is something that's so important and so integral to the fabric of, of Atlanta. And now you can get it in baseball stadium. Cool. Another good example is Federal Donuts out in Philadelphia. Oh. Federal Donuts is something that is very well known. I've gotten into a car and driven from New York City to Philly just to eat those donuts. Whoa. And I love those donuts. They're the best. They're the best donuts. And for people who are, you know, maybe they're Nationals fans coming from D.C. or Mets fans coming from New York and they're only going to be in Philly for five hours watching a game, they can still get that truly local thing in a stadium without having to trek outside of the stadium and go into the city. Local is the new thing. What about all of those Instagram baity dishes that we've been seeing at stadiums for the past five years where it just seems like it's there for the photo, not really for the flavor? Those things are definitely still around. In Texas, you can currently get a hot dog inside a pickle that's batter fried like a corn dog on a stick and mm. eat it. It's called a dilly dog. It's very trendy. They sold like 25,000 of them the oh opening God. weekend of um, of the Rangers games. Okay, so novelty foods are not going away. They, I think they will be going away, but they're definitely still in full force right now. Mm-hmm. It's maybe just that local is really rising up as well. Maybe yeah. there's just no middle ground anymore. There's very local <laughs> things that people really want to eat and then really dumb Instagram shit. And you get both. Yeah. You get both, but I think a lot of the chefs now are really thinking, okay, like, is that really worth it? Are people going to eat this nine patty, nine cheese slice burger, or do they just want something that's very good that they can hold in their hand with their beer while they walk to their seats? If Philly has federal donuts and they're just bringing to the stadium now, like, what, what do you think the holdup was? Why do you think we're entering the time period of cool city-based restaurants coming into their stadiums? I think the novelty food made teams realize – how much food mattered and now that they've gotten to that point and they've Mm. reached the saturation saturation point they're able to say okay like this is the thing that matters to people but they don't need a monstrosity to eat they need yeah like who are the cool cool operators who are the the people that you want to follow and it's worth noting federal donuts has been in that stadium probably since 2013 shake shack has been in city field since um for about 10 years now so i think you know it's been around for a while it's just really picking up across as we'll hear from 
Pat Schaefer. I want to bring up that you two, Mm -hmm. Daniel and Sonia, went to an event hosted by the MLB last week, and they were showing off all of the new offerings from across the different stadiums. What were the big standouts for you guys? The churro dog. The churro dog from the Arizona Diamondback Stadium. Churro dog. It is a churro, which is a deep fried piece of dough coated mm-hmm. in sugar, inside a long donut mm-hmm. that's cut in half like a hot Things dog really bun. really good. Very good. Topped it with, sounds like too much. It's nah. so good. Topped with frozen yogurt and then also topped with like caramel and hot chocolate. Or it, I'm sorry. Wait, so syrup. it's a fork knife situation? Yeah. A spoon? It's definitely a finger sitch. But oh, you hold it with your hand? In terms of the responding to, it sounds like too much. In fairness, we had like little appetizer cocktail sized versions. Oh, okay. You had a little canapé. Yeah, a little canapé one. One bite. With, with a toothpick almost. Ah, uh, okay. That one bite was very good. Okay. But All right. it wouldn't hold I up. I mean, I guess I would eat it. Yeah, sure. If you got it and then you were like, oh no, I need a new beer. I have to wait in line for the beer. And then you got to your seats half an inning later. It wouldn't have hold. The ice cream would have been everywhere. Right. It you can't bring it to your apart. friends. Um, what else? Uh, Sonia, there was the uh, the fried tortilla. Oh, yes. It was pulled pork, mac and cheese, pork <laughs> rinds, yeah. lettuce, tomato, some other things inside a fried tortilla shell from the Atlanta Braves, my favorite baseball team. Mm. Yeah, hmm. it was a whole Sometimes lot of things. You, whole lot of things going on. Were you disappointed? On. I ate none of it because mm-hmm. of all the pork. Meat? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I will say that I was very pleased to see them really coming out in full force. Were they coming out in full force or were they just throwing a bunch of stuff on a tortilla shell? You know, Dan, it's really hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> she can't be mean to the Braves. I yeah. can't. I'm sorry. I just love them deeply. It was it was interesting seeing what the different teams were kind of sending up as their, as their offering because some teams were going wacky and ridiculous mm-hmm. and some teams like uh, – like the Mets were just like, we don't play this game. Here's our pastrami sandwich. Ah, okay. They're like, we don't care about Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're on the classic teams. We're not we're not playing this game. But it, it is funny. A lot of the teams, like even and and we'll get to it. But Sonia, we interviewed this guy named Patrick Schaefer, who is the executive chef of City Field, where the Mets play. And he's very well. You'll hear it, but he's very aware of Instagram. And I think, yeah, he talks the, about cheese pulls. He talks about cheese pulls. I think the MLB as a whole, even though it's it's the stadiums think for themselves. It's not MLB wide uh, ideas that are that are coming through the kitchens. But they're very aware that food is really cool right now, and a new way to get cool people into the or not cool people, but a new way to get like millennials and younger people into the stadiums is to be like. All that food you guys are Instagramming outside, we have it inside, and there's baseball. Right. The flip side of that is that they're also really thinking about dietary restrictions. So there's so much more kosher offerings. There's mm-hmm. so much more vegetarian food. There's um, Pat Schaefer was telling us that in Pat every— Pat Schaefer? <laughs> I don't know. Sonia's new friend. <laughs> Patrick Schaefer was telling us that in every Mets run stall, um, there's a veggie burger and a veggie hot mm-hmm. dog, which was not the case when I was growing up when we had to bring our own food into the baseball stadiums. Ah, okay. So a lot more options for people who don't eat meat, who don't eat dairy, who might be kosher. They mm-hmm. really want you to have a very good guest experience. Any stadiums you think are particularly interesting this season? Texas Rangers Stadium is very fascinating just because they go so hard in the kind of state fair-esque wacky mm-hmm. novelty food. Ooh, I love that. Um, the Dodgers are always just very good. They get a lot of tacos. They're known for their hot dogs. Lots of cool stuff going on over there. Oh, and they were serving a Cheetos elote. They were, and it was very delicious. Hmm, very mm. delicious. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sonia. Thanks, y'all. Go Braves.
First up, join Sonia and me live at the MLB Food Fest with the executive chef of City Field, Patrick Schaefer. Buy me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root. How long have you been with City Field and what were you doing before? Yeah, so I've been with City Field. Uh, this will be my fourth season, my third year. Uh, and before that, I was the assistant executive chef of the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Can you tell us like, uh, about a, t- a typical day in your life? A typical day in my life starts very early in the morning where we, where we look at things like the weather and what expected guest attendance and, and the team specifically that's coming in. And then we start from there. We, we project uh, what we're going to sell. Uh, we project the, the hot spots in the ballpark and where fans are going to be sitting. And we start to kind of divide our resources up amongst there and you know we, we really start very early firing the food at city field our pastrami is a 20-hour process in and of itself so that's so crazy so in a in an area so you move you shift your resources to areas that you think are going to be more populated yeah i mean there with with analytics and baseball parks now they know where people are going to sit before they even come in so we know kind of where the fans are going to be dispersed and, and where to put our efforts. Can you talk us through how a restaurateur like Danny Meyer ends up in your in your ballpark? I mean, I think that that one is really easy. They developed the, the brand Shake Shack. Uh, they, they came into City Field. City Field was the second uh, Shake Shack uh, operation. And that came in and, and I think that that, you know, I can't speak for them, you know, too much, but I think that they saw the opportunity there with that. Yeah. And now they've expanded in to some exclusive partnerships with Aramark with their box Fritz brands and things like that. So what is the relationship between Aramark and Shake Shack within City Field? So it's a partnership, right? Yeah. We partner with them. Uh, they manage they manage their brand and we help them with staffing and Is there any competition? Like is that great for you or does a big fancy burger chain like Shake Shack come in and you think uh, that, you know, I've been working and developing these Aramark concepts. I don't like it's annoying that people are going to the Shake Shack. Not at all. Not at all. That's a, it's it's a great partnership. Union Square Hospitality is is probably one of the premier hospitality groups out there. And we're proud to partner with them and work with them. How often are you talking in terms of like menu? I mean, with Shake Shack specifically, obviously, the menu is very set. But for other restaurateurs, how much are you kind of being like, We've seen these things do really well, or maybe this is underperforming. How much of that conversation is? That? Yeah, th- those are those are huge conversations that we have. We 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 end the season where we meet with all of our partners. We meet with Michael White and, and his group, and we talk about what sold, what didn't sell, what we feel we can improve on, and that's where the development par- process happens. We get into their kitchen and we work with them until we have something develop, and, and the core competencies are there, and then they come out to our area and we reproduce this and and ramp up production for 40,000 Mets fans. Do you guys think about Instagram at all when you're creating new dishes? 100%. Uh, when City Fields waffles is, is something. Now, that's that's a highly Instagrammable thing. Uh, you know, new milkshakes that are that are styled out with, with the frosting on the edge and the, and the little candies and things like that. Uh, the cheese pull has been amazing for sport, sports food. Uh, that's the big thing. If you have something that has a nice cheese pull on it, you're going to get some Instagram hits. When you say that you guys are, are considering Instagram, have you guys brought on Instagram specialists to help you to consult? Yeah, uh, we haven't done that yet. No, we haven't. But, you know, we have a large footprint, especially at City Field with, with our Aramark or with our uh, Instagram worthy concepts with okay. dough, with big mods, with sweet chick, uh, with all those guys that have come in. It's a, it's a very important thing. We actually have our own 
uh, Amazing Mets Food is our is our own personal Instagram handle that that we run inside of uh, City Field. Oh no way! Can you give us an example of a of a new food product that you developed for this year? Uh, with uh, in specifically with uh, Nicoletta and the Michael White Group, uh, last year we did these pepperoni and mozzarella sticks where the cheese pull was a big thing. Uh, it wasn't something that was was a wildly popular dish, so we reinvented it this year, and now we have these. They, we call them the Italian cheese balls. They're they're a pepperoni and smoked mozzarella fritelle that has awesome cheese pull. It goes with Michael's uh, marinara sauce, and it's unbelievable. So, what was the conversation like at the end of last year when you when you realized it was a dish that maybe wasn't performing up to your standards? Yeah, I think that it's it's a it's a two way street where we talk about the likes and the dislikes and where we can take the dish and develop it into something that's that's easily eaten in a ballpark setting is, is something that we really focus on. And, you know, quality ingredients is probably up there as well. And, you know, focusing on how the guests are able to eat it in a ballpark. You know, you're walking around, you have a drink in your hand, you, you want you want something that's easy to eat, maybe doesn't make such a mess, something that you're, you can take back to your seat and enjoy as well. I mean, there's two tracks, right, with baseball food. There's the chefs that are coming in, the Danny Myers, the Doe's, the Waffles, things like that. And then there's the food that's kind of coming up that's like just weird stadium food, things in baseball hats, wacky nachos, stuff like that. Yeah. How much of that do you think about as well? So some of that stuff is very fun. Uh, it's, it's good to take pictures of. Uh, it's fun to get creative with that stuff. Our, our philosophy at City Field is more so behind bringing in really great uh, quality ingredients, not manipulating them too much, having, having as much fun as we can without those while maintaining the integrity of the process. And, and really focusing on the guest experience in the end. We don't do any crazy donut uh, sandwiches and things like that there. How do you feel about that kind of stuff? I think it's, I think it's fun for a little while. I, you know, I don't know how well it actually eats after it's taken a picture and things like that. You know, I want you to come take a picture of the food, but also be able to enjoy it. That was Patrick Schaefer, executive chef of City Field. Next up, we are talking to John Karangis of Union Square Hospitality Group. He is the executive chef of their events division and, more importantly for us, runs all their stadium stuff. When did Union Square Hospitality Group get into stadium dining? Ten years. This is our 10-year anniversary uh, from City Field was our first and did they did they reach out to you all, or was this a calculated move to go into stadiums? I believe they did initially reach out to um, Danny and USHG um, when the Mets were relocating from or building their new stadium, which was in Flushing, uh, Shea Stadium, formerly known as, uh, and now is City Field. How many brands, and then how many stadiums? We're in nine different stadiums for Shake Shack. Oh, wow. wow. And we're in uh, four different locations for Box Free. And we are in um, Blue Smoke. We are in three different locations. And that's about it. We're talking about, like, Shake Shack. How different is the menu in your stadiums than, you know, in New York City or D.C. or elsewhere? Like what you were saying that sometimes things do really well or sometimes things don't do well. What's an example of a menu item that you wouldn't see? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I mean, first and foremost, we want to keep we want to keep all the menus um, varied enough to provide options, but definitely um, concise um, and make things as efficient as possible, because unlike 
unlike maybe um, a brick and mortar, you know, I think guests in general would would commit to wait a little longer where they're paying a lot of money to go see a ball game. Um, ideally for them is they want to go in between innings and, and get food or beverage in, you know, a minute's time. So we want to make sure that there aren't too many offerings. Um, they're able to be um, served, you know, fresh and cooked as close to order as humanly possible in as quick enough time. And then also be able to pivot if, you know, the rains came down and, or, you know, um, there was very low attendance or again, very high attendance if they're in the playoffs or opening day. So Shake Shack's menu, just going back to Shake Shack and have it here to pull it up. It's, it's, um, it's, I don't want to say it's limited. I think it's varied, but it's not as large as you'd see in, like, say, Madison Square Park, for example. Any extra uh, super annoying parts of working with a stadium that people wouldn't think about from your side? Um, for me, it's the weather is a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Major League Baseball moves the uh, seems to move the opening day a little bit earlier every year. I remember, as a kid, it would it would be somewhere around mid-April. Now, now you're at the end of March you know, the weather for the first, for the first month, you know, I mean, even as a fan, I don't, I don't want to take my kids to a game when it's, you know, there's snow flurries, you know, opening day, you're going to have a sellout. And then, you know, you're almost guaranteed game two, you're going to have less than half of those folks there. So um, having that data and, and working with, you know, those, those big companies that can pull all that important data together for us, um, you know, we couldn't do it without them because, um, it's it that's i would say the weather for sure unlike a traditional shake sack store if if you guys bring in a lot of extra uh, meat because you expect a huge turnout and there's a very small turnout you are then left with um what which your supplies are totally full like how does that sure. how does that work yeah or conversely you could you could think or you know the weather could say you know 100% chance of rain and no tickets are sold and you know the opposite happens so um so again the good news about being centrally located in New York or in Queens is that um we have, we have you know we have relationships we have we, you know we have people that know a lot of people that can move product from left to right if need be um first and foremost i mean there are days that you know, we, we lose, right. In the sense of, you know, something needs to get discarded or something is not servable or it's not within our, um, you know, comfort level, then we do what the appropriate thing to do. However, if, if we're sitting on 10 cases of, I don't know, sauce from box free and we can use somewhere else, we'll definitely, we have trucks and, uh, we mm-hmm. have drivers, and, and so we... You can get it out there. Yeah, I mean, we have to be athletic uh, in <laughs> what we do, and, and you know, that's um, that's an important part because, you know, yeah. you, you said it right, um, and that happens a lot. There's been a big... Um... I know there's been a big increase in novelty foods we've seen at baseball stadiums over the last few years, uh, but you yeah. guys pretty much keep it straightforward. Have you been tempted to do any crazy like Instagram baity foods at your brands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Um, I think probably ten years ago, you know, and less, ten, nine, eight years ago, um, you saw the explosion of high end food in in ballparks. You know, really good sushis and all those other things and and I think a few of them may have stayed, but majority of them seem to go away. And then, 
now it's, you know, how high can I make a plate of nachos? Not me, but, you know, so you see all these things. And and so we'd be foolish not to keep, keep our eye on what our competition's doing for Mm -hmm. sure. But we always try to be mindful of, you know, um, is, is it something that we think is going to work? Is it something that we're proud of? Is it something that, um, is gonna, you know, um, we're, we're not, I don't think any of our businesses have ever done anything that just sort of jumped on a fad. Have there been any fun meetings where someone's like, let's just do the huge nachos and, and you have to all the stand- time, <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got a lot of, uh, folks on our team that, um, work more on the operations side, not, not in the culinary, uh, side will send me like, well, this, this one's wrapping uh, a hot dog with bacon like 15 times. And it's, you know, it's mostly bacon, <laughs> you know, all those funny things, but, but to that point, and, and that's almost a true story. Um, we did develop a, a BLT hot dog that we thought, you know, and who doesn't love a hot dog at a ball game? Who doesn't love a great BLT in, in the summer? Um, so we created that years back and it's been a success and it's, it's, you know, an old beef hot dog on a Martin's bun with, mm-hmm. Um, a nice, nice piece of bacon, you know, nestled in with a little shredded lettuce and um, a tomato, and we also make a little bit of a bacon aioli on top of it. You know, it's 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 a big hit. Um, it's not the sort of it may not be the most Instagrammable thing. Yeah, it's a but, conserv- that's um, a conservative people- approach yeah. <laughs> to Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but but you know, uh, Instagram's important, and we value that and. Um, so yeah, so I, I so I get all the emails from all the things that people are doing across the country, and, and I think it's great. I mean, the food should be fun, right? And even if it's a little outside the box, I mean, you know, I embrace that. So final, final question: Do you get sure. any fun perks like free playoff tickets? No, no, we, uh, no, we. I, I will say that the most fun thing for me is um, tickets are hard to come by. <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> Tickets are very hard to come by. However, um, I, I I have gone to the World Series and w- quote worked worked the World Series. Oh right, <laughs> so you're you're yeah, you know, on the line. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I I will say that there are some events as well because I'm also a huge baseball fan and a New Yorker that we do events where you know the Met players are walking around sometimes and you get to shake a hand or get a ball thrown at you and and so you know those those are great perks Mm. for sure but just being there to be honest the Mets are you know and even the Nationals and all the one even we we opened a box free in Pittsburgh um, last autumn and Pittsburgh Steelers Heinz Field I mean, one of the most amazing football franchises in the world. Um, so just, and we opened up this little box-free French fry hot dog um, uh, cart. And just to be there and, and see, you yeah. know, someone's love and passion for sport, which in Pittsburgh and, and Washington and everywhere else is just incredible. So um, I guess the perk is, I, I don't want to sound like quirky or anything, but the perk, it really is just being there and sharing in someone else's excitement. And you're just playing a small part. Well, you're the right guy for the job then. John Karangis, thank you so much for calling in and telling us about Union Square events and how you approach stadium dining. All righty. Have a great day. All right, Dan, instead of an ad this week, we're going to talk a little bit about Displaced, which is an amazing new podcast from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Uh, It is made in partnership with the International Rescue Committee Mm -hmm. and is all about 
at such an important topic that's facing the world right now, which is refugees and displaced people. It's yeah, it's really exciting because, you know, we have all these brands under Vox Media. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the first podcasts that is being launched from the Vox Media podcast network. It's not affiliated with any of our brands. Yeah. And it's coming from a really great institution. Yeah. It's something that I think we can all be really proud of. Mm -hmm. Um, Every week they interview um, different leading humanitarian voices. Uh, I think an especially great interview to listen to is one with Madeline Albright. Yeah, it's a good one to start with. Who does a lot of great work in this area. Um, I don't know. I think you should give it a shot. Today, we are talking about stadium dining, and we couldn't do that without speaking with Joe House. Joe is the host of House of Carbs on the Ringer Network, uh, also big sports guy, mostly focuses on golf, but I think can speak to baseball dining. Absolutely. We're talking about baseball, and we're talking about baseball today because it really is the very best stadium food experience. It's the very best and friendliest way to enjoy an afternoon or an evening out with your friends. The game, let's be honest, is, especially in the, in, in the regular season, actually I'll just put it this way, only in the regular season because playoff baseball is a totally different animal mm-hmm. and doesn't fit any of these criteria. It's far too nerve-wracking really to enjoy a meal. But <laughs> regular season base, baseball is the diametric opposite. The whole point to me <laughs> is to go enjoy a wonderful meal with your friends. Yeah, have some drinks, have some food, chat the whole time, see a little bit of baseball. The whole time? Yeah. It's a wonderful like opportunity to catch up with pals. Now, in baseball, I'm rooting for lots of runs and lots of hits. I don't want to see a pitcher's duel because you know I don't need to be in and out of there in, in, mm-hmm. in two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want like the full three hour, three hour and 15 minute, you know, let's luxuriate in this a little bit. Yep. And you know, strategy wise, um, it, the, the nice thing about baseball, it permits, you know, kind of a rolling. It, you you can really listen to your stomach, listen to your hunger pangs, and decide: Am I going to be a first inning eater at this game? I'm not sure how how hungry am I coming in well, here. Or maybe can, I'm going to be a fourth inning eater. You can course it out too. You can have a little snack at the beginning, have a bigger meal. You know, right. fourth fourth inning, and then seventh inning stretch, get something else. Absolutely. Okay, Joe. Joe. So, two questions for you. One: What what is your standard move at Nationals Park, which is your home baseball park? So the cool thing about Nationals Park is the folks there have been um, very attentive to-, to a couple things. In the first place, um, they very early on cut a deal with Danny Meyer. So there is up in the like center field, center left uh, concourse, top concourse of the, of the facility, a huge... Shake Shack Blue Smoke Combo. Mm-hmm. They're right next door to each other, and they get you know uh, so much you know hundreds if not thousands of people coming through there wow. at, at every game. There's huge lines. There's big strategies for how to get you know to how to expedite. The team has been shrewd in selling kind of limited season ticket packages that get you a VIP pass that includes oh. a pass to get to the front of the line for Shake Shack, like all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> Um, be- because they they recognize what the hungry people are after, and everybody loves. I mean, it's really a perfect marriage. Uh, not to, to kiss Danny Meyer's ass too much, but you know, e- either barbecue or a delicious burger, two wonderful ways to enjoy mm. food at Nationals Park. Um, do you have access to such a pass? 
I I I, uh, I could I I don't uh, presently. Mm. Um, I have taken the strategy with with baseball. You know, I'm a big uh, seat geek guy. I like buying a ticket as the as the mood strikes, mm-hmm. and in this day and age. With uh, secondary markets, it's super easy to just, hey, I want to go to a baseball game. I'm going to buy a ticket in the car ride down to the game. SeatGeek finding its way onto the Eater Upsell. Who would so, have thought? <laughs> they didn't even know. No. They didn't even know that I was going to plug them today. Yeah, but you should, asked, how do I do it? Them. That's how I do and it. And then would, would you brave the line for a burger? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> my go-to, and I've been really hesitant to share this, uh, my very favorite meal at uh, National Stadium, I get it nearly every time I go there's a kosher stand out like sort of directly in center field if you if you were a center fielder playing on the baseball field and you climbed over the fence and then walked up the uh the the rear um sort of wall area and then climb and then climbed either over the wall or went through the wall that's where the stand is <laughs> it's directly in center field mm-hmm. it is uh I think they have the best hot dogs but the thing that I love more than anything that they serve there is a chicken shawarma, Whoa. and it is. Whoa. Uh, uh, they can they, they they allow you to really uh, customize. They have a couple different slaws. They have um, a, a, a few different sauces. So the chicken shawarma with the spicy sauce, and then it's presented in uh, the perfect vehicle for consuming at a baseball game. You, the important thing f- for, for me is to not have too much going on. You can't have a knife and a fork. Yeah, you yeah. have to, you know, I don't want a tray. It just can't get too complicated. And you know, the nice thing about most of the food at the baseball stadium is that you know, it really is conducive to either walking and eating or sitting mm. and having it um, be very efficient. This is the beauty of the of this chicken shawarma I'm describing. It comes; they wrap the whole thing up in a wrapper, not unlike the way that a lot of folks eat burritos. You know, where mm-hmm. the foil serves as kind of the the holding mechanism. Yep. Yep. And they wrap. There's a beautiful paper wrapper, and you just eat your way down through it. So for a, a dish that seems like it ought to be very messy and could go all over the place, um, because of the combination of the meat and the slaw and the sauces and the other vegetables that are in, in, in there, it's very self-contained, and it is highly, highly, highly satisfying. Wow. And what are you drinking? Oh, it's beer. It's got to be beer. I don't. I don't want to give any shout outs. I already gave a shout out to Seeky. I don't want to <laughs> give any shout outs to the brand, right. to a particular brand. But there is one particular brand that's my go-to beer. What is your strategy when you go to a baseball stadium that you have never been to before? I, I think what I would do is probably go to a place like Eater.com and see what they might recommend yes. at that local stadium. You know, I want somebody. This is the day and age where you can have somebody help me think about the right way to navigate this this food experience because the whole point of going to this new ballpark, mm-hmm. I want to see some of, of of the vistas. I want to take in some of what you know the thing looks like. Now, I'll say I've been out to San Diego a couple times um, in the last couple years and have really uh, been impressed with what they've done in terms of building that stadium right in downtown and making it very the fan uh, friendly experience is terrific but i haven't been there when the stadium has been open for baseball uh again uh, i hope you guys don't mind another shameless corporate plug <laughs> callaway golf and the san diego padres have collaborated oh, yeah. over the last handful of years and they create this nine hole golf experience inside the stadium so they have uh, opened up um, limited uh, options in terms of the fare, uh, the food fare, and and honestly, 
terrific beer culture in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Yeah. Um, so that's the most recent um, stadium experience I've had, but I haven't had the opportunity to go in there and sort of wind my way through, uh, you know, the, the, the must-hit dishes and, and taking on what the local uh, cuisine dictates um, in terms of that experience. But I would I would curate it, right? I would I would go to uh, uh, the, uh, an online resource and, and see wh- where the where the belly led me. Yeah, and that is a great plug for the Eater Stadium Dining Guides. Uh, every city where there is an Eater, there is a Stadium Dining Guide, and we update them every single baseball season. So you get the newest and greatest food items. Joe, thank you so much for, for giving us this uh, this breakdown. This, um, you know. I just have to thank both of you. It is uh, only 11 o'clock in the morning when we're recording this. I'm starving right now. <laughs> Me too. So thank you both for that. Uh, and always, uh, I'm always available. I know that, that uh, it may seem unlikely, but um, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Eater Upsell baseball food stadium food uh if you liked it please pass it along to another sports fan or food fan and make sure to toss us a rating in your podcast platform whichever one you're using and send us an email at upsellateater.com with whatever and that is all we have for you this week we will see you we will see you next tuesday next tuesday with best food stories from the month of april april the Upsell is hosted by Amanda Clute and Daniel Janine. Yay! Uh, Vox Media's head of audio engineering and all that stuff is Miles Ewell. Carrie Clements runs the studio bookings, and our executive producer is Maureen Giannone Fitzgerald. 